0: I'm B.A. Parker, and this is Code Switch. Today, we have an extra special episode for you. It's from our play cousins at Alt Latino, who just relaunched their show with a whole new sound. We've got a new co-host, Ana Maria Sayer. She joins Felix Contreras on the mic to talk about all things Latin music. And for today's show, you'll hear them talk to R&B darling Omar Apollo. He's from Indiana, his parents are from Guadalajara, Mexico, and he talks to Ana Maria about what it's like becoming a role model for queer Latinx kids. It's a great conversation, and before I give too much away, I'll let Ana Maria and Felix take it from here.
1: From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras.
2: And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Let the chisme begin. Felix, did you know that Omar Apollo has his own hot sauce brand?
1: I had no idea, honestly.
2: I think most people don't. In addition to being a major global star on the rise, he is also, in fact, in the business of bringing tasty condiments to his fans. It's actually his mom's recipe.
1: So he's in the business of sharing his Mexican-American culture through his music and then through food. Hmm, (laughs) Interesting, interesting.
2: You always have a beautiful way of putting it, Felix. (laughs) (laughs) He's been doing that actually a lot lately in his music. His latest album, Ivory, includes a solid mix of Hip-hop, indie sad boy singing, and even some ranchera-esque belting mixed in. A
1: lot of real cool stuff on that record. And as we've done with Alt Latino in the past, we're catching Omar Apollo at a critical point in his development as an artist, like almost at the very beginning. conversation you had with him showed how he's revealing more of who he is and continually showcasing his culture through his music.
2: Since his SoundCloud days, which were, believe it or not, just a few years ago, he's been leaning into, I don't know, what feels natural and authentic to who he really is.
1: And in just a few years, he's hanging out with some of the biggest names in the music business. That's pretty amazing.
2: Which I think we know all too well, Felix, can be both a good thing and a bad thing. No kidding. He actually had a moment when he was first signed to a major label where he let too many voices influence the type of music that he was making. He told me in our interview that he didn't really feel like the music was his. And so he actually scrapped the entire album just a few days before he was supposed to tour with it.
1: That takes a lot of courage and a lot of self-confidence, man.
2: I grilled him on where that courage came from, how he got from his basement in Indiana to becoming an icon for queer Latinx kids around the nation. Spoiler, it did take a little help from Pharrell.
1: The music of this young man from the Midwest is a reflection of Mexican culture among folks his age. It's less a sound of accordions and mariachis, but more of soul, hip hop and other contemporary sounds. It's quite a different sound from what my generation expects. But honestly, I'm all about it. So let's dig into that interview.
2: Oh hi! Welcome to the show. This is all thank you them. for
1: having me, darling.
2: Um. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell everyone that I'm like Omar called me darling. <laughs> so you were talking about your art and kind of the way that you express yourself and how you landed on music as that being the form. You said you started with dance. Can yeah. We, can we hear a little bit about that?
3: Well, yeah, I started dancing when I was like 11. I would like gig in like third grade and like. How'd you get into it? My mom, she like. My sister was already doing it, and then I saw my sister doing it. I was like, "Oh, I want to do it too!" So they like dressed me up like a mariachi, yeah. and then I would just do these little dances. They'd pick me up from school, and I'd go like do perform at some college or something. Yeah, I did like one dance, the raspa at the end. I was such a little kid. Everyone else was like, you know, 17 or 16. Mm-hmm. But I ha- I had to be like 10 or 9. And I was really small as a kid. I didn't get taller till I was like 16 or something.
2: Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you were the showstopper. You were the closer.
3: Yeah, I was the closer. I was they the anchor. They brought you
2: in for the good vibes at the end.
3: Right. <laughs> I still know the That's dance. Awesome. It's really simple.
2: So... You're dancing. That's like your thing that you you start out with and right. then how did you end up landing where you are now?
3: Well, I started dancing, yeah. And then I kept dancing. until I was like 16 or 17. Like for real. Like I was really I was going to like I was saving up my money to go to like choreography classes. Mm. I didn't go to many. I went to like three or four that were like 10 bucks or like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'd save up, I'd take the train and I'd go. And then Music was always a thing. When I was 12, I would play guitar in church. But my totally. guitars got stolen uh, when I was, like, 14.
2: Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, they got stolen from one from church and one from my house. Damn. Yeah, we got robbed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's they like were
2: after your guitars. <laughs> they
3: would take everything. Like, they'd yeah. just, like, my mom's wedding rings and, like.
2: Wow. Yeah,
3: so, like, I was, like, oh, I don't have enough money. So that's when I got a job at McDonald's and, like, saved up and got another one. And I, I was, like, 17, 18. Okay. And then that's when I started making music when I was seventeen, eighteen. So I was like, "Oh, I, I like dancing, but music feels right right now." So mm. I started doing that, and then it kind of just like snowballed. Yeah, I kind of knew what was like sounded good to me because I I knew when my music wasn't good. I remember mm-hmm. it being not good. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm going to get good."
2: Do you ever listen back? Yeah, like early stuff. It's cringy. I've like, played
3: it for some friends and they're like, this isn't even bad. But I'm like, nah, this is terrible. I was like so close to the microphone. Like, I was saying like this all breathy. Like <laughs> You
2: were like going for the like, I feel like we all have that moment when you're first trying, you know, music or whatever it is and you're like, I gotta go for the thing that like everyone, you know, it's so sick to do this or that or whatever. Yeah, have that but style. then you find
3: out what like works for you and then you like exaggerate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what led to it.
2: What did you feel worked for you? Like, when did you find that sweet spot?
3: I remember I was working at a Jimmy John's when I was, like, 18 <laughs> or 19 or something like that. I had never liked my music before that. I had been making it for, like, a year. And then I was just like, oh, like, I don't like it yet. And I remember <laughs> one time I, I just made a voicemail on my phone, and it was so sick. Like, it was so mm-hmm. it's still up. You mm-hmm. can find it. It's called Yellow Jasper on SoundCloud.
0: I bet you go.
3: It was all freestyle and then i just like as soon as i got home from work i went and recorded it just exactly how i had the voice memo just like a little cleaner and like added harmonies mm-hmm. and then i was just like oh from then, then on it was just like okay it just turned on a switch and then i was able to just do shit yeah
2: <laughs> why would you keep going at it if you literally didn't like what you were making
3: I don't know Honestly I don't know I I had this feeling It was just like Oh I know I could do it Like I know I can I just loved it so much I didn't care I remember at that age You couldn't tell me anything Like people were saying People in my family Were like You suck at singing You're a terrible singer I I wasn't good yet Like I wasn't good I had to learn it bothered me, but not like in a way that it's like, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, the same thing when I was dancing, too. People would like make fun of me, and then I'd just be like, well, whatever. I'm different. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, because around there, no one makes music, no one dances, no one directs, mm-hmm. no one like, you know, mm-hmm. you go to LA and New York, oh, my dad's a director, my, you know, my, yeah. my mom's in music, or like, you know, it's like, it's not far fetched, but out there, it's like you work at the steel mill and then like do math and then like. <laughs> that's it I remember there was a point in time like you know around 2020 where like I was accepting other people's opinions too much mm-hmm. and it was like really really messing with how my music sounded yeah and I literally just had to cut everybody off and like rent a house and like Idlewild and just Idlewild. make music by myself no opinions because it affects somebody says something I'm like oh well, I'm thinking about it Like, mm-hmm. and so yeah now I'm going to make it differently so i found that if i'm just like alone just boundary setting i feel like you should do that in all parts of your life
2: yeah Are you thinking about who's gonna be listening when you're writing?
3: I think that my songwritings like definitely developed over the years because before, like when I made my first songs, they kind of were all about like unrequited love because I hadn't really been in a relationship yet. I was so young. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I'm writing more like of these complex feelings of like, you know, relationships, life, money, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. when you say you're working on boundaries, like obviously, with who you're working with making music and whatever that's one part of it but do you feel like you're also working on boundaries within your work like in what you decide to share with the world i mean it's so vulnerable. Oh, for sure right? for
3: sure yeah i've definitely like taken things off and just because of that like
2: yeah because you weren't ready to like put that out
3: there. i'm just like oh that was too much like that's too there like i'm good <laughs> 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 you don't need that um uh, it's sometimes you just let it go like you just need to say shit yeah, it depends what's your vibe. If that's how you're feeling, and like, and you say it in like a clever way, then it's dope. Yeah, but I don't know. I think my 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 next music is gonna be like that. I'm gonna just really like be honest.
2: Why? What change?
3: I mean, even the fact that I'm like thinking right now about what to say, like mm-hmm. I don't want it to feel like that. Like yeah. I want it to feel like expression. You know, like I want it to feel like you ever like leave dinner and you're like, damn, did I say too much? Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to just say shit and just, like, say, deal with it, like. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's, like, that's just how it is. That's how I am. Like, what what you gonna do, like.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like, putting more of yourself into it and then, like, also, once you do that, being able to not, like, it's, like, literally what you said, like, oh, did I say too much? Like, and then you're playing it back, right? And you're, like, should I have said this? Should I have said that? So it's, like, being vulnerable in the music to, like, say it and then also to not, Yeah,
3: because then there's, like, no surprises. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of things can feel performative, especially when you're talking. It's, like, people be themselves all the time. Like, but once you put a camera or, like, you know, a microphone, it's, like, obviously you're thinking a little differently. Like, okay, well, this is going to be, you know, digitally immortalized forever. So, like, maybe I should watch what I say. Yeah. Well, especially Um,
2: for you. Like, people are, I don't know, I can go out there and say whatever, whatever, and then no one's going to bring it back to me but you I mean people are like right. paying attention to what you're saying
3: no it's super important and I think that like you need to realize that but also think that like you shouldn't not be yourself because of it
2: I
0: really don't wanna be here alone too many people I don't see no more too many feelings I don't feel no more cause I really don't wanna be here alone too many people I don't need no more so many doubts that I
3: start keeping score. Just like that performative nature of things is really, like... That's what it felt like when I first started doing it, like, in interviews. I'd be like, oh, like, you know, I gotta be, like... I gotta use big words, I gotta do or whatever. Maybe not big words, because I don't know big words, but... <laughs> no, when I was younger, I thought like that, because I'd love seeing interviews, and I'd be like, yeah, they sound so smart, but I'm like... If I'm not, like... If this is how I talk, this is how I talk. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Do you feel like... I do know, but like, you know. You do know, but
2: yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know you know, but I know. Um, <laughs> I know that you know
3: that I know. <laughs> I know that you know that I know.
2: Um, You, being as big as you are, right, like you have skyrocketed oh, in terms you. of your music and you're so talented and it's well-deserved, but I think more than just the music being what it is, a lot of people obviously look to you as someone who right? a lot of us traditionally have not seen. You're, like, you are representing so many different people who who see themselves in you. And speaking about being performative, do you ever feel a pressure to perform in a certain way or be a certain way or say certain things because so many people are looking up to you as, like, a representation of themselves?
3: Yeah, of course. Fully. I think it's, like, really important, especially when, like, queer Latino kids come up to me and they'll tell me, like, they have the same amount of siblings of me Our parents are from the same place they're also queer and like i'm like oh this is bigger than like than what i thought you know yeah. or like when kids are like i started playing guitar because of you like i'm like yo that's nuts <laughs> cuz i don't even think i go home i watch p valley you know like and uh
2: you were on the record just saying that <laughs> just saying
3: <laughs> um and it's definitely something Super important, and I I always try to say something at the shows and, like, try to make everyone feel seen because, you know, that was definitely something that was lacked when I was a kid and, like, when I'd go to shows. I never really felt represented. I never really felt, like, you know, so I think it is important.
2: Our conversation with Omar Apollo will continue right after this short break. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Stand out in any inbox with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers and convert them into loyal customers. Start with an email template and
0: customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo. Built-in analytics measure the impact of every send. Check out squarespace.com NPR for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code NPR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website
2: or domain.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor FrameBridge. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door ready to hang. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, the FrameBridge prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Get started today. Go to FrameBridge.com and use promo code CODESWITCH to save an additional 15% off your first order.
0: Parker, just Parker, code switch. We're back with Ana Maria Serra from Alt Latino talking with Omar Apollo.
2: Being an artist and being a musician, it's almost like its own form of like going through therapy, right? Right. It's like, I feel like you do grow in your ability to like express yourself and Mm -hmm. like put everything out there. And so it's like now you have this career where you very publicly put yourself out there. Like, Mm -hmm. has that impacted? The relationship with your parents.
3: My parents didn't know that I made music for, like, a couple years. Like, they did, but... The first time they came to a show was when it was like twelve hundred people and they were just so confused. Wow. They were like, Oh, someone else's this is someone else's show, right? Like you're opening? I was like, No. <laughs> I was like, I'm not opening. <laughs> and uh, they're like, What? And then like I remember my mom, she was just said she was crying. She heard everyone screaming my name. She was just so confused. She was like, What Are you screaming for Omar? Are you screaming for Omar. She That's was so, so confused. Cute. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I mean, after that, obviously, they're just super proud and super into it. But if I, you know, went through what they went through and, like, crossed the border and, like, had kids out here and didn't really know the language, Mm -hmm. I would be scared if my kid told me he wants to be a singer, too. Like, I'm not pressed.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
3: It would have been nice for them to be supportive in other ways and probably would have helped my self-esteem at the time. I really believe that people can change and people can grow. And, yeah, I'm not holding anything against them. Yeah. We have a great relationship now, and like, it's cool. Honestly, like, when. <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding like arrogant, but, but like, when you pay the bills, they can't say that much to you. Like, they really can't.
0: You won't believe what happened to me. if I
3: My parents are, are very, you know, traditional mm-hmm. Mexican parents. hmm. I don't curse around them like yeah. <laughs> I grew up like super catholic too. So I'm just like yeah over here with <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um yep. but no
3: they understand. And I get like you know that religion brings them comfort. I get that. And I think that like you know Yeah. I had to just look for comfort in other ways. Well my dad has always been really open minded. He's like well, was only into religion because my mom but my mom is like she's really starting to like open up and open her mind a little bit and be like oh wow like there are different religions right
2: <laughs> and like, what a fascinating concept no, she, like, yeah, but she's known a- that she's known that
3: obviously <laughs> but I'm just saying like she's really like trying which yeah. is important to me it's yeah. just like yeah as long as you're trying like yeah. I get it you were, you were raised your whole life thinking one thing one way and then like God gives you this crazy kid (laughs) who, like, wants to be a singer and is, like, queer. So, like, (laughs) I get it. You know what I'm saying? He probably gave it to you for a reason. He's like, this is going to help you
2: grow. (laughs) Right? It's like,
3: okay, like, we reached the ceiling here. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that, I mean, you doing what you do and being who you are has to have opened up their world in so many ways.
3: Yeah, it really has.
2: I know I asked you earlier if you were speaking to anyone when you write, but, like, is your family a thought? Are your parents a thought when you were? Yeah, when you were I, working Yeah, I, I just your made this
3: song recently. Um, no, no, before that, I never really talked about my parents in songs. But I just wrote a song. I called my mom and told her about it. She was like, "Oh, like." <laughs> and I'm obsessed with it. And I was talking about you know, my parents. And it's cool to have a song that's like not about love. Well, I guess love, like, but like not about romantic love. It's more about like mm-hmm. self love and the things that you deal with and the real thoughts that you have. They are just real. Like it's like, that's just what's going on, because that's what's important to me. Is like yeah. family.
2: I mean, that's if I you're want kids. a good Mexican kid, then you'll right? know familia is the most important <laughs> of all things. As my grandma texts me every single day, <laughs> don't forget us.
3: Right, right.
2: Are you more of like a you love performing person, or you would rather be in the studio, or because you tour um, Loki a lot?
3: Yeah. I do enjoy touring. I feel like there's going to be a point where I really enjoy it because Mm. I'm really, really going to dial in the music. And once I do that, then, like... I've never made music thinking about a live show. Really? Yeah, it's always just been, like, vibes. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, no, like, I'm going to go in and make music, like, specifically for, like, a festival or specifically... For it to just, like... So so I could be super excited for it, you know? Yeah. Like, just, like, that kind of intention... It's like, oh, I'm ready for the road because it's like, this is the music that I would want to make if I was going on the road.
2: Mm -hmm. How did you, because I know like, obviously you were like making everything by yourself in your bedroom and then you go on and you bring in Pharrell and you bring in all these insane minds and people. How did you navigate relying on just yourself and just your sound and just what felt right to you like how did you bring in other voices the second time around obviously yeah yeah you know.
3: and it was funny because the song didn't come out this is another song we were just like it's on the keyboard like <laughs> like very it was just you could, you could tell it was all feeling and then he trusts himself that's what's crazy he's just mm-hmm. like boom he's like you like it i was like yeah he's like all right i'll be back in 30 minutes oh my God. and then <laughs> and he like went and there's another session in the house so he went like pushes t was there he came back 30 minutes later and I was like when he was gone I was like alright I gotta just go crazy so That's
2: I, so high pressure I made the whole song
3: <laughs> in 30 minutes the whole thing and recorded it and everything he came back upstairs he's like can I listen to it? I was like yeah This
2: is
0: Tamagachi Sound like Bish, my you can't get it off Bish, this not my scene Vamos by my my waistline I'm for hours away me
3: so I played it and he starts freaking out and I'm just like oh wow he trusts what I just did yeah naturally like this is just me being me in its purest form it's like this is what I would do you know it's not like oh what would he like or you know so then, that just gave me reassurance of like trusting yourself, your intuition, like your 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 gut. I'm just like, well, I'll just keep going. I was like, we can make five more, like, <laughs> I like just get, send them more beats. As many like, as you want. Pharrell. So he got super hyped up, and he like brought up everybody from downstairs. He brought Pusha T up. He's like, y'all oh, gotta listen to oh this shit. God. It was really cool. It was like, you know, when when someone that you look up to just like fucks mm-hmm. with you, like,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Even that right there, I'm like, well, if I walked in the studio with Pharrell. I would be like, I'm gonna make whatever I think is gonna make Pharrell happy. Like in that uh, moment, yeah. what inside of you made you be like, no, nah, I'm just gonna be true to myself. Like I, gotta I think it was hard.
3: just like that's all I know how to do it, is <laughs> like be myself. So like, I honestly didn't think he was gonna like it because I was just having fun. I was literally just freestyling like, mm-hmm. and I was just like, well, I'm not gonna sit here and like, you know, write something that's like. Because he was on some club shit. He told me, he's like, I'm on some club shit. So I'm like, oh, so like, I'm just be talking about like, you know, the club. <laughs> <And>
2: <laughs> Whatever the club is. Yeah,
3: so yeah. I was just like, no, it was just like more like, you know, arrogant energy, like pedantic, mm-hmm. like very like bravado like <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of thing.
2: So having released your album, like you have a few months now, right? Since it's been out in the world. Is there anything about it that feels different or feels like the way it was received? Is I don't know. How do you feel about it?
3: Oh, man, I loved it. I mean, it was I went on tour like while the album came out and people like knew the lyrics. So I was like, oh, I was really happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of could tell the favors right away. I'm still like working. It's kind of the same. I mean, I probably get more highs at the airport now. <laughs> Definitely. I was like, oh, they say i hi to hiding at the airport now? It's different.
2: <laughs> I mean, you're kind of hard to miss. <laughs> I'm too
3: big. Like, that's what it is. Like, my, like I'm too tall. Tallest Mexican to ever live. Literally. 6'5". <laughs> There's got to be another one. We have to take a picture.
2: Literally all Oh, I did long. meet
3: one. Is I did meet a guy who's, like, my height, if not taller. A Mexican guy. He, he was in, a, he owns this crazy taco shop. He's kind of, like, my age. Yeah, it's Where? so good. I can't think. Oh. ¿Cuántos tacos? It's in, like, Texas.
2: ¿Cuántos tacos? Where in Texas?
3: Austin, I think.
2: Okay, you have to text it to me, because I want to go.
3: It's really good.
2: That sounds sick. Yeah, it was, like,
3: amazing tacos. Like, it wasn't, like, average. Okay,
2: Texas or Southern California tacos?
3: Um, I mean, the best tacos I've had in California were in Compton and some guy's backyard. Okay. Those, like, they got got shut down, but...
2: Oh, they got shut down, because there was another backyard place. Yeah,
3: so good. And then... I mean, my mom's tacos are crazy, but the tacos in Texas are different. Yeah. They really know what they're doing. Not that Los Angeles doesn't know what they're doing.
2: You better be careful. No, they do know what they're doing. It's on the record.
3: I know it's on the record. I'll say it.
2: <laughs> do you stand by it? Yeah, you my mom. You want to say yeah, that again? I'll
3: say it again. I mean, I'm I'm just saying, like, L.A. has great tacos, but my mom has crazy tacos.
2: I believe that.
3: Like, it's insane. I believe that. Like, my mom, like...
2: Nothing beats, When she, when she mean, came
3: from Mexico... They were able to get a loan from the bank, and they opened up a restaurant. And what? And they called it El Super Taco, and they, like, had clientele. They didn't make any money, but, like, because they didn't really, you know, it was their first time opening a business. Yeah. And they got shut down, but the tacos were popping. Wow. Yeah, then, like, the the new owners that they sold it to, well, my mom used that money to pay all the debt, and, like, they didn't make anything from selling it, but yeah. they kept the name, and my mom gave them the recipe.
2: She gave them the recipe? And they would
3: sell it, and because it, it was popping. Yeah, it was like It was great taco. Is it still there? Uh, no Now it's like, uh A sharks
2: I was gonna say You gotta go back And reclaim Super taco
3: Right? I need to
2: I mean, maybe They're that's The, best the tacos next tacos in group, the area. right?
3: But my mom's the only one That really knows How to make it And she don't need To be doing that <laughs>
2: You mean you're not going to force your mom to... No. I mean, I did
3: start like a hot sauce company and she like helped me with the sauce.
2: No way. You yeah. have a hot sauce?
3: Yeah, it's called Dish Hot. We're doing a relaunch soon.
2: Shit. <laughs> We're going to
3: send you guys some.
2: Oh my God, please. <laughs>
3: but yeah, that was the hot sauce she used at the at the restaurant.
2: Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she shut it down was... because of me, because I was, I was
3: born. She couldn't take it. She was like raising kids in the restaurant. She was like, oh, I can't do this.
2: But then you're now selling the hot sauce, so it came full circle, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I will be looking out for that hot sauce. I'm <laughs> expecting to get some in the mail. Get some. <laughs> well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, thank uh, you so much truly. for having me. It's really been nice to to get to chat with you.
1: You know, Anna, it's fascinating to me to listen to this interview of an artist that's pretty much fully developed, and yet there's still so much more we can expect from him at the same time. It's almost a contradiction, but in Omar's case, it's true.
2: <laughs> and that's exactly what we're talking about, right, Felix? Omar is all about sitting in those contradictions. He has so many plans for how he wants to continue to transform as an artist, but... As a person, during our interview, especially as such a young person, he struck me as being really solid. He felt very grounded to me. Family's super complicated, and I really felt him when he talked about it. But it feels like he's done a lot of work on that and come to terms with what a lot of us kids with Mexican Catholic parents tend to struggle with.
1: (laughs) You know, those things are not limited to your generation you know, that's intergenerational. These things are struggling with the the things that our parents stand for. And I think that Omar Apollo really handles all that stuff very, very well in his music. And in particular, and in this tiny desk performance, he brought all of who he is. He was stripped down. He was singing rancheras. He was singing his soulful R&B. He was laying himself out there. It's a very powerful performance.
2: Oh, my God. I 100% agree. I mean, I think Omar, all of the Omars are on full display in that performance. His voice on Petrified, fun fact, actually, for everyone to know, He sang that one twice, and it gave me literal chills both times. I'd highly recommend checking it out.
1: That's it for this week. You have been listening to Alt Latino, which is a production of NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills. The Alt Latino intern is Vida Dadu. And our new production assistant is Fee O'Reilly.
2: And our audio producer is Ron Scalzo. I'm Ana Maria Sayer.
1: And I'm Felix Contreras.
2: Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll see you next week. (laughs) i <laughs>